You know, hope is a powerful thing. Someone once said that there is no medicine like hope. I remember what Chuck Swindoll, pastor and teacher and writer, once said. He said, hope is as important as water is to fish or as electricity is to a light bulb. Hope is extremely important. Uh, we're going to take just a very few moments this morning, and we're going to focus on where there is hope. Uh, in the times that we're living, in which we're living today, there's so many different things going on. Um, not, it's a time like, uh, unlike any other that we've ever faced. And there are challenges that go with it. And uh, there are bad news, that, there's bad news out every day. It covers the, the pages of the newspaper and on TV. But we need to anchor ourselves in hope, real hope. It was just a few days ago that there was the press conference held and the president was answering questions and different ones uh, of the leadership of those that are assisting with, uh, with dealing with, uh, with the situation, with the problems that we're facing in the country right now. And um, made a, he made a statement that some people felt was irresponsible, but let's take just a little closer look at it. He said that he would hope to see or would like to see things really change or open up by Easter. And that's, you know, from now, it's a couple of weeks away. Well, he was criticized as normally he is, and um, by those that would find fault in what he was saying. And we don't know the exact time frame we're looking at when it comes to the, the things that have been put into place and the, the laws and the guidelines that are there, or as far as the leveling off and begin recovery, as far as the crisis of the virus. But as one reporter questioned him about this, it was interesting that he said, Mr. President, do you think that it's, it, this is harmful and wrong to give people this hope. And I thought, what an amazing and yet ridiculous question. Now, I know we talk about false hope, and we know that, that, that there's some things that we just, we don't know the exact timeline we're looking at. I understand, we don't need to be irresponsible, but there, but there was something that took place when the president made those statements that actually changed the atmosphere in a lot of people's lives. They began to see, you know, there's, there's light at the end of this tunnel, that things are not going to stay like they are now, that even if things were to become worse for a while, that, that this thing is going to pass. Hope, we all, need, we all need that hope. Depression is a terrible thing. It's hopelessness. How many of you have looked into the eyes of people and saw hopelessness? People that have received a, uh, a bad report from the doctor, a terminal disease, and they've just given up, despair. Their eyes are, are empty and hollow. And for the Christian, for those who believe, of course, there's life after this life. There's eternal life. That's something to rejoice in. But so often in wanting to, to live, to stay alive, and people get, you know, it's just not going to happen. There's no way out. I'm not going to see my... I'm not going to see my children grow up. I'm not going to see my grandchildren. And this despair sets in. How many times have you walked the halls of those maybe that are, are in nursing homes or the elderly 
and people that sit or lie there every day, day after day. And for many of them, you look into their lives, you look at their face, and there's a look of hopelessness. It's a horrible thing. Hope is a powerful thing. Now, I heard someone say there's an acronym for hope, uh, for hope, and that is have only positive expectations. And I think that's pretty good. Have only positive expectations. Another one said helping other people every day. Now, there's basically two kinds of hope. There's the world kind of hope we see in culture today, which basically is a wish, a wishful thinking, a desire, something you want to get, something you want to do, something you want to happen. And people need that hope. People need a forward look to be able to see that there are days ahead that good things will happen. But Bible hope or biblical hope is very different from wishful thinking. We could define it as confident expectation. Confident expectation. As Leanne shared just a moment ago, it's been a verse that I've been meditating in also, Jeremiah chapter 17. And the first part of that, in verse, verse 7, says, But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. Now, take a look at that. It says, you're blessed. You're blessed. Well, who's it talking about? Who's blessed? It says, those people, who are, who, those people are blessed who do what? Number one, put their trust, complete confidence in the Lord. Who rest in Him completely. Amplified Bible says, blessed are those who trust and rely on the Lord, whose hope and confident expectation is in the Lord. They trust in Him and their hope is in Him. Now, I want to look at some things very quickly. I'm just going to walk through these things. It's not going to take but just a few moments. I'm going to walk through them with you as we look where there is hope and the power of hope. First of all, hope is our confidence in an unfailing God. Hope is confidence in an unfailing God. There has to be a source. You know, uh, our hope is only as good as the credibility of the source of that hope. And we have a God of hope. He is our source. Psalm 33, verse 20 through 22 says, We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. People say, well, how can I have hope? You find it in him. And you find it in him by getting to know him, by coming to know him and experience him, experience his love, his presence. And out of that, when you know who he is, how can you help but have that hope and that confidence? It's a deep, settled confidence in the character of God and in the promises in the word of God. Our hope is in Christ, ultimately. Secondly, our hope transforms us. Hope will transform you. It'll change you. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, talks about the God of hope, and it says, I pray that God... This is Paul saying, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely. Now get this, that the God of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace. That's transformation. In a world where there's so much bad news and so 
there's so much uh, panic and uh, people wringing their hands and, and dealing with very difficult circumstances. It says, put your hope in the Lord and it'll transform you. What it will do is it will bring joy and peace into your life. It says, then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You'll abound in the hope and the overflow of the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we need to be able to see that there are better days ahead. That there are better days ahead. It will help you move forward and it'll help you right now give you energy for the present. I remember many years ago when our children were, were very young. We lived in Kentucky at the time. And uh, we had a, a winter storm, a snowstorm. Now, for a boy from Alabama, that was really quite a storm. And the, the, the Christmas break was just about over. The kids had been out of school for a couple of weeks, and just before they were going to go back to school, then here comes this, this snowstorm that, that brings 12, 15, or more inches of snow, and it continues to snow. And then the, there are snowdrifts that are 12, 15 feet high. It's, it was an amazing, amazing time. Well, if you didn't have to be out on the road, if you didn't have to travel to work and back, um, and if you had food in your house and a warm fire, uh, now those next few days were great. Well, first of all, the kids were happy because they didn't have to go back to school. So it meant additional time out of school. And then secondly, you could be together with your family. And here's the primary things that happened. Number one, you ate a lot. All kinds of good food, desserts, just, there was just something to eat continually. Secondly, secondly, you, you had time to play games and enjoy time together with the family. And then thirdly, you could go out and play in the snow. Have a big time snow, then come back into the house by a warm fire. Now, that was pretty awesome. It was like everyone was enjoying it for a week, and then kind of for the second week. But when this led into the third and the fourth week, the attitudes began to change. From this time where you were just really enjoying, it was neat, having fun, things were very different. And now you're going to time to say, well, when is this going to end? When is this going to be over? Now, I know this doesn't compare to the situation that's going on in the world, in our nation right now, in any way, in any, in any fashion as far as, the, uh, as the, the tragedy of it. I understand that. But there are some interesting things about this, is that even though there were several feet of snow, and even though everything had changed for a period of three or four weeks, that... As time went on, you became a little bit more discouraged. You, you were tired. You wanted to get back to things kind of the way they were. But here's one thing that helped you during, those last week, during the last week or two. Here's what helped you. You knew that you were moving into February and that March and April were on the way and that sooner or later you were going to see green grass. It had been weeks. You would see green grass and the sun would shine, and the snow would go. You see, there was something that helped you during those days when you kind of got tired, and you, you, you know, is this, how long is this going to stay this way? 
but then you begin to say, oh, no, spring is close by. Spring is coming. The sun is going to shine. Things are going to change. That, that was the hope. There's, there's hope. People need to see today that the sun is shining and the sun is going to shine, that better days are ahead. We need that. So hope can transform you now and, and say, say that there's better days coming. Thirdly, hope stabilizes. There's something about that sure hope, that confidence that will stabilize you, that will steady you. Like being steadied, kept during a storm. Hebrews chapter 6, first part of verse 19 says, this hope, the hope we have in him, is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. An anchor. It says hope is an anchor. You know there are some 66 drawings of anchors in the catacombs or the caves and the tunnels where Christians would hide and, and to... To, and gather as, as the Roman uh, government was coming against them to persecute them. They would hide in these caves and the tunnels and they found these, these carvings in the, in the walls there that were pictures of anchors. And it, it was a message to the church then. It was, it was people knowing that, look, we've got an anchor. We've got, that no, no matter how difficult these times are, we've got someone that'll hold, that'll hold us steady. Someone that'll keep us anchored where we need to be in this life. And we need some stability right now with all some of the uh, ridiculous and somewhat amazing things are happening and the, the drastic things are happening. Uh, we, need, we need something that will stabilize and there's nothing like that sure hope and confidence in God that will stabilize you. What, whoever you are, whatever you're facing right now in your life, it will stabilize you. Thirdly, you need to see that this kind of hope is contagious. I've been hearing a lot about infection being contagious in the last several days. We need to see that hope, real hope is contagious. You can be a carrier of hope to others. Interesting verse in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. The Bible says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And get this. It says, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. If someone asks you about the hope you have, now I ask myself the question, why would they ask you a question about the hope you have? It's because they see something different in you. They're watching you. They're listening to you. And they see that there's something that's steadying you. There's something that's giving you joy and peace. There's something that's helping you walk through this time knowing that better days are ahead. There's something that's keeping you during this time. How can you, how can you not be worried and upset and troubled? How can you do this? How can you have this hope? Oh, what an opportunity for you and I, for us as believers, to be carriers of hope. And when people say, look, you know, what's going on in your life right now? Why, why, do, you, why do you have so much confidence and faith? Why is this joy and peace in your life? We have a tremendous opportunity right now, and the church needs to be a carrier of hope right now. In fact, I've really felt the Holy Spirit say to me in recent days that even though it's been wonderful to see believers step up and see scripture that's, that's spread on, on, online and all social media and people sharing the word and confessing the word and 
churches that are, that are broadcasting out now that on, on media devices that have never had the opportunity to do that before. And the word's getting out more and more and more. That's tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. But I sense the Holy Spirit saying, I want the church to continue to step up and even to stand up more in prayer and in confession of the word and believing that even though certain solutions may be found by those who are assisting, by uh, doctors, by those who are doing research, by, by all these things, there's really only one true answer to this problem that we're facing. It may come through different channels, people that are in situations that are used to help. But God's the one. He's our hope. He's the one that will change this situation. And the church needs to stand up and declare that like never before. True hope is contagious. And finally, this real kind of hope will, will fuel your faith. You know, hope and faith are, are closely tied together. But here's what we need to know is that you can have hope and still not have faith. We don't receive from God because we hope for something. We receive from God because we believe his word. We believe that we've received. Hope believes something is going to happen. Faith believes that it already has by faith and that, it will, that we will receive it. It will be manifested. Hope looks forward to receiving Faith believes you have received because of what Jesus has already done for you. Hope says, I will have it. Faith says, I do have it. You, you get into the word and you meditate on the word and the goodness of God, the greatness of God, and, and you allow this hope to rise up in you. And as this, you know, you cannot have faith for something you don't already hope for. There has to be a basis for that hope. We have the word of God which is the basis for the hope we have. And that hope must be established where God says, I will do this. I promise you this. We take that word of promise, that hope, and we act on it. We believe it, we receive it, and it becomes faith. It's faith. God help us to see that development of our hope into real faith today. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us seize and hold tightly the confession of our hope, Without wavering, for he who is promised is reliable and trustworthy and faithful to his word. Abraham said, and we have it recorded in Romans chapter 421, it tells us about Abraham, it says he was fully convinced. That's faith. He was fully convinced that God had the power to do what he'd promised. You know, before, before we go today, I want, to ask, I want to ask you to join us in, in, pray, join us in prayer. Join together with us as we pray together. I'll give you one verse, Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Interesting word from Paul that says, Rejoice in your confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. Rejoice in the confident hope you have. Be patient. Yeah. There's trouble. There's things going on. But he says, keep on praying. Keep on praying and believing. I want you to connect with your family right now, if you have your family members with you. And I'm going to name some things that are important for us to, to pray. I want us to connect together on these prayer points. 
And I'm going to do this before, before we go today. Pray, certainly pray for those that are sick, that are dealing with illness, with this disease, and even their family members. Pray for the dedicated people in the medical profession, the doctors, nurses, and others, who, and first responders, those who are on the front lines that are protecting and serving. Pray for families. Pray for families. All the challenges are there with the parents and job situations, the children, school, financial needs. Pray for our leadership. Pray for our president, vice president, for others who work tirelessly to provide help during this time of crisis. And and two, with this, pray for wisdom and common sense to prevail. Pray for wisdom and common sense to prevail. And pray and believe for miraculous breakthrough, healing, and cure. And during this time, seek the Lord and allow Him to do a greater work in your life that'll produce fruit, that'll help others. I want to take those things that I mentioned to you. And I want you, if you are where you can and will, you want to join hands with your family member there, or at least connect with your with your family members and get your family to stand together and I'm going to I just want you to pray along with me as I pray and I'm going to take these and turn these requests or these statements, these prayer points into prayers of thanksgiving and faith. Would you do that right now? Let's pray together. Father right now I thank you for your help and for your healing. You are the great physician for those that are hurting, for those that are sick, Lord. I pray for your strength. I pray for recovery for them, and I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for the dedicated people who are willing to minister to those who are hurting and needs. Lord, for the doctors, the nurses, for the first responders, Lord, we thank you for them. We pray for your continued protection and blessing over them. Lord, I thank you today. We thank you for family, how good it is for family families to be able to be together. Lord, I thank you for new opportunities to to know each other better, to learn and grow together. Lord, I thank you for for you, you are the one who provides. We praise you, Lord, that you meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. I thank you, Lord, for blessing the children, blessing, Lord, uh, uh, those who are are teaching uh, the children for parents, I pray over those that are facing uh, financial needs. I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for ministering to them today and for opening up doors and opportunities and, and moving on the hearts of others, Lord, to be generous and to give to those who who have needs right now. Lord, I thank you for those who lead our country. Thank you, God, for our president, our vice president. I pray, Lord, for your blessing and protection over them and certainly for our government, for our leadership. Lord, I thank you federal, in our federal government, in our, in our state government, our local government, God. I pray for a supernatural wisdom decisions to be made and for good common sense to be used and to prevail. I thank you, God, that you will give wisdom. Father, we thank you today.
that you are still the miracle worker. I praise you, Lord, for giving breakthrough that when, this, when, when we see changes, when we see this breakthrough, Lord, that people will know truly that you're our source, that you're our healer. And Father, I want to praise you and thank you for the opportunity that we all have to still worship you, to pray, to meditate on your word, and to Holy Spirit, to, to, to knowing that you lead us, that you guide us. I thank you, Lord, that we continue to grow in our faith and grow, Lord, in our commitment to you. And God, I thank you for the opportunities that are out there for us every day and every week to reach out and touch the lives of others. Together as your family, together as families today, Lord, we commit these things to you and we give you praise and thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Everybody says amen. Have a blessed week.